Thanks for tuning in to a live episode that Dr. Barrett and I did at the first annual Real Health Expo right here in Knoxville this past Saturday. Today's workshop is going to focus on cold and hot therapy and some biohacking techniques. Thanks for everyone that came out on this Saturday. It was fantastic. Enjoy today's live workshop. Hey, before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor. If you like this episode and you like hearing from Dr. B, share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram. We're really trying to get this health movement out. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. So today we're, we're going to talk through um, how to build stress resilience. So that's, that's the workshop goal, right? So a lot of us are full of anxiousness, whether it's unexpected events and that adrenaline hormone just starts pumping through our bodies and we're just uh, in this processing mode, but a lot of times we're full of this hormone and we can't adapt quickly, right? Some of us, it's not necessarily an unexpected event, it's more of just daily living. We live in a state of tension or we may live in a state of anxiety, right? The what ifs and what the future's gonna hold and you know, just constantly in our headspace. And so I just wanna help you guys, help myself, just with some daily things or weekly ha habits uh, we can call them biohacks that help you build stress resilience and inevitably if you follow some of these protocols it literally is a is a cure for conditions like anxiety like anxiousness and so um, we're going to talk through maybe two or three biohacks that you can do at home um, on a on a on a weekly basis i mean stress who in here is stressful it's got some stressful stuff going on in their life. And I think that's what is so neat about the world of biohacking is we're going to talk about the heat and the cold exposure and what some people can do to combat that. So let's jump into it. Let's do it. Um, so let's, we can start with cold exposure. Okay. Uh, something I, I did this morning. So anyone ever taken a cold shower before? Everyone? Yeah. Okay. Most of us. Uh, so it's, it's, who, who's repeatedly done a cold shower, like on a regular basis? Okay, hands don't go up as much, right? Because a lot of times we get in there and we have this initial shock. We hear about it, we see it, we see it and we're like, hey, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna just turn the tub on really cold. I'm gonna throw, this was my first experience years ago, threw a whole bunch of ice in it and I jumped in and I jumped out. It was awful. It was like the worst experience ever and it just put me in this shock and I wasn't ready to handle it. So instead, what we wanna do is be able to be put in a stressful situation but be able to process it and not overreact. Actually, let me ask you a question. Okay. So when we jump into cold water, what happens to the body? Like what, what happens? Why do we instantly wanna get right back out? So it's a fight or flight response. Okay, so inevitably the, the exposure is a high stress. It's called a trigger threshold. So it literally has a, it's a, it's a stressful event that puts us in this triggered threshold response that the brain recognizes as a threat and immediately induces this fight or flight response that gets us away, fighting or flighting, 
running away from that exposure. So that's the reaction that we're actually having. And we've actually, if you listen to the podcast, we've talked about it before. When you go into the fight or flight, your body doesn't know if you're getting chased by a lion versus whether you're just in cold water. That's exactly right. And, and, that's, and that's what's so important because in everyday life, if in essence we could kind of feel inwardly like we're running away from something, yet in reality we're just living life. So because we're poor at adapting to stress, every single day we can get caught in the state of anxiousness and anxiety, and yet kind of always feel the sensation of, of inward turmoil. But again, if you build your stress resilience and lower that trigger or increase that trigger threshold that puts you in that fight or flight state by inducing cold exposure, then you can really uh, combat anxiousness and anxiety. Just wanted to get that out there to figure out like what that was. So, yeah, okay. so then the cold exposure itself, so, so why is it important? Well, when you expose yourself to cold, again, it's a stressful event. So here's kind of how you should do it, not the way I did it, and maybe the way you've done it, is the best way is in a shower because it's, it's quickly adjustable in terms of temperature. So you start off with that nice warm shower. Then you just change the temperature to maybe a lukewarm position that you feel it's colder, but that you can stay in that environment. And that's so important. You wanna be able to go to a point where it feels stressful, you feel the response, but it doesn't trigger a response. The most important thing when inducing yourself to stress is one, you don't have an action towards it. So the action would be either holding your body really, really tight, maybe screaming, right or even hyperventilating okay so that's like the worst thing you can do if you're trying to build stress resilience now cold exposure is great for burning fat increasing energy levels increasing you know dopamine levels in the brain so there's so many benefits to it but if we're trying to build stress resilience what we want to do is be able to expose ourselves to a stress but then be able to breathe in a relaxed way through it and not want to jump out of the situation. What would you say are some of the biggest benefits of building stress resilience? Like why, why would someone want to put themselves in the pain of a cold showers constantly? What are some benefits? Well, I think the biggest benefit is that it allows us, when we consciously choose to build stress resilience or build a, a tolerance to stress, then when the unwanted event happens or the demands of life start to increase, what happened in the shower is now starting to transfer in everyday life. For instance, you're not just gonna go into this panic mode, you're gonna be able to just consciously be able to breathe through it, process it with a clear mind and create a clear solution. And I think that's so important because again, it's like this knee-jerk reaction. If we don't expose ourselves to stress and then we become stressed, then we have this epinephrine, noradrenaline response, this big stress response, this big fight or flight response, and that puts us in a state of anxiety. So really, it just helps us in everyday life. It's good. Okay. Anything else with cold? So just how to do it, finishing up. So you want to induce like a lukewarm situation and then stay in that environment for, a, for about a minute, 30 seconds. It's a long time. Breathe through it, process through it, yep. 
And again, this isn't cold yet. This is just the feeling of a little bit less warm, okay? And then you can turn it back hot, okay? Then the next day you go into the shower and you just make it a little bit colder, just a little bit. But again, you don't wanna squeeze and tighten up and vocalize. You wanna be able to just relax and take big breaths and just let it happen to you and stay in the moment. Stay in the moment of, hey, this is cold. I don't like this, but I'm processing it. I'm letting it happen to me, but I'm not letting it get me overwhelmed. And then every, every day or every couple days, just increase the temperature to which you're exposing your body to. The, the goal is every week exposing yourself to, research shows 11 minutes of cold. If you expose yourself to 11 minutes of cold, it has a significant improvement in dopamine levels, mental clarity, turning your white fat into brown fat, which is fat burning, and also your ability to uh, improve that trigger threshold and inevitably have a result in decreasing anxiety and anxiousness. So 11 minutes cold exposure every week. Cold is variable. Cold is different for you than it is different for me. Okay, and then you just slowly start to build into that cold, uh, that cold shower, that cold plunge, whatever that looks like. So that was going to ask other things other than cold showers, cold plunging, cold plunging, anything else? Yeah, and really, when you do get into a cold environment, you really want the it to fall not only on your face but also the upper part of your chest where your vagus nerve is, and that really helps increase that what we call parasympathetic or rest digest response. So, perfect. No, that's just cold, cold exposure. Perfect. Anything else with that? You want to go to heat or? Yeah, heat's good. Heat, let's go to heat. Okay. So, heat is um, another component of a shock, right? So, it's just instead of cold, it's hot. So, there's saunas, infrared saunas. They don't get very hot. Now, for us, 100 degrees can be really, really hot. 110 degrees can be really hot, okay? But saunas get up to 180, 190. So again, whatever hot is for you, putting yourself in a state of heat makes you feel uncomfortable. And this is a good thing. So a sauna is great, not just because it provides detoxification, sweat, lymphatic drainage, not just because it burns cancer, not just because it increases your metabolism, but it exposes your brain to another stressful event. And when you're in a sauna, you can breathe, you can process, you can relax. And inevitably, you can expose yourself to a longer domain of stress and inevitably improve that stress threshold. So heat is another way of doing it. Infrared saunas and saunas, anything else? Other, I mean, other, other things that people can expose themselves to? A lot of us don't like to get out when it's really, really hot. That's Even true. just on a daily basis, getting out when it's just super hot, right? It's uncomfortable. But even just as simple as going out for a walk on a day that's really hot, making sure you're obviously hydrated is just a good way of exposing yourself to a stressful event. But again, you don't want to put your brain in a frame of this is terrible. This is awful. Yeah. You want to put your brain in a mindset of, hey, this is okay. I'm comfortable. I can process this. I can breathe through this. And again, those are ways to improve that, that stress threshold. It sounds like it's a lot of it's mindset going into it. It is. Mindset going into it and mindset really when the exposure happens. When the stressful event happens, setting your mind right 
slowing down your breath rate and letting it happen to you instead of running away from it, enjoying it in a way. Which is weird to say. Which is weird to say. Allows you to have that transfer into everyday life. Doing it barefoot possibly too, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, get those feet uncomfortable. Barefoot walking, I mean, that's not comfortable. But mm-hmm. that's huge sensory input for the brain. Yep. Anything else with heat? Nope. What else can individuals do to combat everyday stress? Other than so, some heat or cold or, I mean, what are just some other tips and tricks that we can leave the listeners with that are listening and also the people that are in the crowd? I would say probably the most impactful is getting your breath, getting your breath back. Most of us breathe stressful. We breathe at the top of our chest. We don't intentionally breathe. We don't slow our breath rate down. We don't breathe through our diaphragm. So if you can just practice box breathing, there's a lot of different techniques, but the easiest one is box breathing. Just doing an inhalation of breath through the nose for four seconds, holding that breath for four seconds at the top, exhaling through the mouth all the way for four seconds, holding the breath at the bottom for four seconds. And that's a 16 second breath, which in essence is four breaths per minute. If you slow your breath rate down, it slows your heart rate down, and it causes the nervous system to inevitably induce that parasympathetic activity, which is that rest and digest response. If you master your breath and start breathing through the nose, using your diaphragm, it helps sleep apnea, helps, helps with anxiety, asthma, and even, even issues like depression, ADD, ADHD. Um, if you look at people who snore at night and you know, kind of that sleep apnea issue, they're usually mouth breathers, right? So training the brain to breathe through the nose again is so important, but it's not just for sleep, but also for stress resilience. So it, box breathing is a really, really good technique. And you'll do box breathing when you do cold and hot exposure. I've seen you do it before. And so that's really, you, you do that while you're that's right. exposing yourself to stress. That's right. Okay. Yep, yep. So it's one of the best ways to keep that fight or flight response from happening when you're putting yourself in a stressful environment. Exactly right. So okay. you nailed it. Whether it's cold, whether it's heat, or whether an unexpected event happens in life, take a time out, do three, four, five minutes of box breathing, create clarity in the situation, and it'll help transfer to everyday life. What's interesting is when you say take a three to four second or a five minute break, I think a lot of times, myself included, it's like, well, that, I don't have time for that. You know, I don't have time. And you just continue to go through and just live in that stressful environment when really it's just like three minutes is really not that long just to sit and pause, breathe, and get through that moment. That's right. So good. Cool. Anything else? No. I think that's some good just everyday kind of tips, tricks. So, and what is, You want to see if anyone maybe has a question in the crowd? Yeah, Possibly. Any, any questions on cold exposure, heat exposure, breath work? Biohacking. Cool. Yeah, I got one for cold. Uh, you yep. said on a shower, face uh, and upper chest. What if you do like a plunge? Do you want to like get you, your whole head into the water? Or yeah. So the plunge is you slowly go into where the water is about up to the neck. You hang there, and then before you get out, 
you do a big breath in, you let your breath all the way out, and then you go all the way underwater with your head, come back up. You're gonna wanna gasp, prevent that gasp from happening. Breathe and repeat three times, or two times. So three times total is what, what I like to do. Good. Awesome, guys. Yeah. Yeah, there so is a difference. Repeat that question so the listeners Yeah, is there a difference between cold water immersion and cryotherapy? Yes. Air is different than water. Submerging your body in water creates a bigger, bigger effect to the nervous system um, in terms of the physiological benefits. Now, in general, the stress is the same. So the exposure to the stressful event is the same. Um, so from an adaptive stress response anxiety standpoint, yes, those are the same. Those parallel really well. But when you submerge, and especially with, with cryotherapy versus cold water exposure, when you do cold water immersion, depending on the temperature, you can stay in it longer and have a better effect. For instance, in the 50 degree mark, like 55, 57 degrees, there's research that shows up to 60 minutes what, what the effects can be in the body. So you can stay in a, that temperature longer and have a better effect um, versus you're not going to do that with cryotherapy. Right. Yeah, and and you can go right now to any lake in Knoxville and it's going to be chilly. <laughs> and it's free too. You can just turn your water on cold and you're going to have the effect. So it's, it's also somewhat free. But it's, go ahead. I was going to say anything else? Well, I was going to say let's leave the crowd with a plan this week of if they haven't done cold exposure and they want to try it, what should they start doing tonight in the next four or five days? So most men take showers every day. Women <laughs> will always alter a little bit just depending upon how, how you want to get your hair wet or not, right? So, okay, true? True. So, and, and it's cold here in Knoxville too, and so you're going to So let's just be practical. Most people will take, let's just say, three showers a week. So of those three showers... You want to start with warm, do your shower, and at the end, you want to expose yourself to a cold environment, and that cold environment is what cold is for you, okay? So just feel the cold, and I would suggest hanging in that for two minutes, breathing through it, and then I always end on warm <laughs> because I don't want to get out of the shower cold, so I'll just kick it back warm, and then I'm good to go. And then what you want to do is Every single time you do it, either increase the time at which it happens. Two minutes is kind of like the goal mark, two to three minutes. The time you do it or the uh, coldness of the water. All right. So um, we're going to have, Anna, you come up, announce the next thing. We're going to have a hinge workshop. Is that right? Yeah. All right, cool. Before you hit X, hold on one second. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today with Dr. B. Two things that would really help the Real Health Podcast movement. One, share it on your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, wherever you're on a social network. And two, if you go to Apple Podcasts and you scroll down, give us a five-star rating and give us a review. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you next episode.